podcast. It's about football, but barely. I am your host, Zachary Smith. Joined me uh, is uh, a special guest from a different barely uh, product. We have Dort, and then always we have Carrie Dempsey and Trevor Scott. How are we doing tonight, boys? I'm good, man. I'm working on a computer problem, so you can't really see my face right now, which is like the reason we have like the viewers we do. So, like, this episode probably won't do crazy numbers-wise, but my voice should be enough for tonight. We'll see. I'm working on it. I'm doing great, though. All right. I had a great weekend. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good weekend, buddy. How you doing, Carrie? I'm sick. My girlfriend got me. I can't talk. Doing great. Yo. I'm here for the sounds like It sounds like you've been kissing too many girls, to be honest. No. He said my girlfriend broke up with me, and I got sick. Yeah, okay, we know what that means. Hey, I'm cool. Mono wasn't that bad, bro. Trust me, Mono wasn't that bad. Got it since I was six. What? How are you doing, Dort? (laughs) Good as always, man. You know, it's it's a great time to be the number one pick in Billy Sports. You know, first first player, um, and I'm just happy to be a part of the team once again. A little crossover. Where are you from, bro? You should you should plug that real quick. Shout it out. What else do you do over here? You know, man, I, I, I'm Bailey Hoops basketball all the way, man. But I'm exactly. Also, you know, you know how it goes, man. The, I'm right now. I'm on the second best uh, Bailey Sports podcast. Um, exactly. So we can't complain. We can't complain. Life is good. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, you're 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 a host of the second best podcast. You're on the number one podcast. Whoa, I don't know, buddy. I mean, we'll see. Hey, check out the Beerly Hoops podcast <laughs> weekly. Follow us on Twitter at Beerly Hoops. There what are we is. drinking tonight? I know Dort's underage, but what are we drinking tonight? LaCroix, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Closest thing I got. Oh. Well. I really wish y'all could see this can. Yeah, Carrie is... <laughs> He's sick and his brain is just shutting off. This might be the the final hours of Kerry talking about the <laughs> NFC East. Trevor, pick me out a good beer tonight. It's a different one. Never tried it before. I got a Moosehead Canadian Lager. Do you like it? It just tastes like Bud Light to me. Oh my god! <laughs> I hate this guy. What are you having, Trevor? Um, I have a beautiful beer. Um, the, I really am upset that you guys can't see it on the camera. I'm actually going to try and, and get that technical issue resolved one more time and still not working. So yeah, you're not going to be able to see it, but it's a banana bread beer. It has a peeled banana, but where the banana part would be, it's beer mm. from Eagle Brewery. I'm going to, I'm going to do a first sip right here. Let you guys know. Carrie picked this one out for me. Mm. Okay. Oh, it smells like banana. Mm. That smell in the game. Excellent. 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 Get it at Wob. Not a sponsor, by the way. What about you, Zach? Ask me if I had a good day. You you, have a good day? You have a good day? No. Oh, (laughs) barely breaking news, guys. Zach is married. No, I'm not married. (laughs) Zach is engaged. Everybody applause for Zach. I'm engaged. Cheers to Zach tonight. And I'm drinking uh, whiskey on a Tuesday night. So, Cheers to Zach. <laughs> Cups up tonight for Zach. Cans up for Zach. Bottles up for Zach. Exactly. Whiskey on a Tuesday night. 
That's what a woman will do to you. <laughs> yeah, dude's been engaged for a week. He's sipping whiskey on a Tuesday night, dude. Pray for Zach. Although, to be fair, it is the Stout Edition whiskey from Jameson. So it was finished in craft beer barrels. So, that you know, it works. There you go. Zach, can we make a deal? Yeah. If I win our fantasy football league, can you make, name your first child Dort? <laughs> I don't think I don't think my fiance will go with that. Well, she could be in the league too. So. No, <laughs> yeah. just if you come in last, you have to do it. If I come in last, <laughs> yeah, it's your punishment. No, I can't do that. That's a lot. That's a lot. Guaranteed That's a lot. You guarantee playoffs. Yeah. I I do guarantee playoffs because I get there every year, but. That's sus. You don't have I don't that know. much faith in yourself, I guess. You don't think you're that good? I, I know yeah. I'm that good. It's just a lot. I feel like That's I'd get in trouble if I made that bet. I feel like I'd get in a lot of trouble if I made that bet, so I'm just not going to do it. Number one, number one Bailey podcast, you got to make the number one bets, you know? All right. Door. Yeah, speaking, speaking of fantasy, there is a reason we brought uh, Dort over, the little crossover, the hoops to NFL crossover. Because Trevor's been today. fantasizing about him. Right, I, I can't wait to have this guy on every week. Uh, like I said, second best podcast because there's no Dort. It might be first this week because we got Dort. But look, he just published an article on our website ranking his top 12 fantasy players for this upcoming NFL season. A complete first round mock. Uh, was it one point PPR, half point PPR? I think it was half. Shit, I should have wrote that down. I think it was half. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was half. So we brought you here in front of the Beerly Football panel to see if you're valid or not. And we've all read over the article. It's good work. Definitely go check that out on our website at BeerlySports.com. It'll be on the main page under articles. But we have some questions for you here at the, uh, here at the panel. Um, I know we all have questions. I'll go ahead and go first. One that I'm extremely interested in, you had Travis Kelsey as your first tight end off the board, which, as he should be, uh, fair enough. But ranked one to five, who are your top five tight ends for this upcoming season, fantasy-wise? Okay, um, well, let, let's start off. Let me read off the list. I got the list in order. So just so the viewers know um, where we're going with it. Wait, leave some market. room for uh, for speculation. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll leave. We can't, I'll you know, we need them to read it, you know? You're right, you're right. The players uh, we talk about here, I'll tell you where they're at. Um, Don't let them Travis- taste your cake, but let them smell your cake. I let him smell the cake. Travis Kelsey is my fourth ranked player in half PPR fantasy this year. Dort Kuyper, you already know I'm on it. Um, we're here to work, man. My top five tight ends in the NFL right now, I think it's Kelsey and Kittle for sure. Mm-hmm. Is. Yep. Eat. Uh, we're getting there, bro. Relax. All right. Okay. All right. I think a drop off, and we got Waller. He excites me. A pretty big drop-off, and we got Mark Andrews. I think Lamar Jackson being back this year is going to benefit him a lot. No more I got Travis a big Kyle. year for Mark Andrews. And then five, I got Kyle Pitts. Man. Kyle Pitts. Oh, hey. my God. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. You've been Kyle hanging Pitts. out with Trevor too much. This is ridiculous. Kyle Pitts. I'll wait. Kyle Pitts. Goddard? Goddard? No. Dort. Dort, Dort. I'll send you that money Becky. over after the, after the show's over tonight. I'll send you that money. You have Hawkinson. 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 There's a lot of guys. There's a nah, lot of guys. Kyle Pitts, Unicorn. The only reason Kyle Pitts is because of Mariota. Touchdowns matter. Touchdowns matter. Okay, we're not talking about the past. We're talking about this upcoming year. 
What's he going to double his touchdowns? Because he, had, cause he nope. had one touchdown his rookie year. That's all he can ever get. Do you cap your rookie year? Not a red zone yeah, you, you peak your rookie year if you're Kyle Pitts. No. You need a red zone threat. It's not tight end. He's a wide receiver playing tight end. He can't block. He can't score He's a in the unicorn. red zone. He's a unicorn. He's really good. He's really good at running uh, post post routes over the middle like a wide receiver would, but he's not very good at playing tight end in the red zone. Oh goodness! He just set all these rookie records, all these rookie receiving records. He's tight end records. All right, we got we got the top five. Carrie, you got a question for him next on the panel. I I would say he's valid after that first question. No, I appreciate it. Not valid. Not with that. Not not with that. Other than other than Pitts, um, no, they're just haters. They're haters like, on Pitts. I like everybody else. Not a hater. Not a hater. I'm a lover, not a hater. Listen, how many how many guys do you think can end up this year as fantasy wide receiver one? Okay, I think that's an interesting question as well. Um, I on my list I have Cooper Cup there. I got Stephon Diggs there. I got Jamar Chase. All top twelve picks this year because I think like we saw last year. I feel like the running back position was really overrated in fantasy. Um, oh wow. We good? Yeah, I just needed to get back to this screen. I thought y'all were gonna keep going. Okay, but sorry. Um, Yeah, the running back position was really overrated, I feel like, last year. Um, I had Chase, Diggs, um, Coop on my list. I think other guys that could be top receivers would be Devontae, even though he's with Derek Carr. Justin Jefferson, obviously. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins could have a big bounce back year. Derek Carr is going to snap this year. Um, I just want to say that. He's going to snap this year. I agree. He's not going to be outside of anybody's top ten after this year. Nope. He does have options. And then Debo. I think Debo Samuel could be a number one receiver. Uh, That might be a hot take. You just got to see where he goes. And then Mm -hmm. that's where the decision is made. Okay. You talked a little bit about Cooper Cup. 92 receptions in 2020. 145 last year. And he either had the triple crown or he came close to it. This year... Over or under 125 catches, Cooper Cup? Um, I think he had 145 last year. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, – I would probably say over. I feel like the Rams really hit their stride in the playoffs. Um, and now that they're going to be rolling into next season. I mean, it could be a down year. Obviously, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl again. Mm. But I think they hit their, their chemistry, hit their little groove, and I think it goes over that. Okay. I have a question for you, Dort. Let me hear it. Why do you hate Austin Eckler? Bro, I just honestly to me, Austin Eckler is like a system player. That that's how I feel about him. I think he's in a great system. I think he's got great players around him to open it up. Listen, listen. But I just I never see nothing from Austin Eckler where I'm like, whoa. You know? Uh, right? Like what's up? No, no I, I've been, a, I've been an Austin Eckler hater for a few, like a few years. I never want him on my fantasy team, but I do this year, honestly. I'm not taking his ass. Someone in Discord said he's their number one fantasy pick. Oh, that's crazy. That's... He was great last year. He won me the fantasy championship. He's so consistent all year long. He's consistently out there putting up points. Yeah, you tell, the... him, I... you tell him, Carrie. You tell him, Carrie. 
You head back to basketball. Get Tango's sunglasses off and jump out that window. I'm sick of it. Oh. I'm not. Listen, I'm not the league this year. So y'all can talk about last year all you want. YOTB Dort was not in the league last year. So that's You're right. A, that's, You're right. That's You're right. Yeah. Talk that shit, Dort. Trevor might as well not have been in the league last year. So, dog, I snapped in Friends League, though. <laughs> My team was dirty. No one cares about Friends I League. Nah, Friends League was gas. Listen, I also think the Chargers have a good running back core, um, other than Eckler, and I think they'll mix it up. This okay, year. Dory. If I don't make the playoffs this year in fantasy football, I'll get a girl pregnant and then name the kid Dort. <laughs> Trevor, I don't know if you want to do that, man. Don't do it to yourself. Shake on it, Trevor. Don't ever shake on it, bro. I don't have a camera, or else I would. Goodness. That's tragic. <laughs> Is that how y'all shake over at Beerly Hoops? Yeah. That explains uh, a, a lot. lot at Beerly Hoops. There's <laughs> that a lot explains of a lot. Yeah. That explains a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm coming, man. I'm with the smoke. I know you are. Uh, Anybody have any more questions for him? The board? Board? Um, I have one. Okay, go ahead. All right, so I see you have Derrick Henry at three on your list, which, you know, he's probably going one or two, but three is three is possible. Um, do you think the loss of wide receiver A.J. Brown will be a big enough difference to affect his dominant, to affect Derrick Henry's dominance? Listen, on, on the mock draft that you guys definitely should check out, I got a ceiling and a floor for every player. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is the only top three player whose floor is number three. It's just if I were picking, I'd pick um, the two guys above him, above him. Um, losing A.J. Brown I think is big, but I think we get a Julio Jones bounce back here. I think they'll re-sign him, and bam, we got a number one receiver again. Okay. Uh, so one last thing. Uh, do you think Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy, or like what was the reason putting him that high? I like Christian McCaffrey when he plays. Um, I think he's what Eckler – Thinks he is. I think oh. he uh, Eckler was what Christian McCaffrey was supposed to be last year. It's just the like when, when McCaffrey plays, we all know what happens with McCaffrey. I'm, he gets hurt. I don't. No, no, no. When he is on the field, Christian McCaffrey is probably the best running back in the league. Come yes. on. Yes. For now. Yes. I don't like it. Numbers, the numbers don't lie. Jonathan we only Taylor. Saw one, we only saw one year from Jonathan Taylor, though. We need to see at least two. We've only seen one good year from Christian McCaffrey. Nah, well, and, and then he's been McCaffrey. injured three years in a row. And a bunch of games sprinkled in, you know? And that's enough. That's more than one year. You know, Jonathan Taylor's great. Jonathan Taylor is amazing. Um, blasphemy. And you can look at the pick order and see what's going on with that. But I just think Christian McCaffrey, if he could stay healthy, will be the number one running back in the league. And that's a big if. But, I mean, he's due for a healthy season, right? This is big barely. Yeah. Yeah, people were saying that last year too, though. <laughs> but now that means he's due for it even more. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's double due. When he plays, he's unstoppable on a shitty offense. They do need to figure that quarterback situation out. They should get Baker. Kerry, you said the uh, Baker was going to get traded today. What happened? Gonna happen eventually. Yeah. It's gonna happen mid show. Yeah, so if your week didn't <laughs> suck now, now it should suck even more because you were wrong. 
Again, all, right. all of this information can be found on our website at BillySports.com. Dort wrote a great article. It's up, and it's a mock of the first round 12 pick fantasy football draft. Dort, we appreciate you coming on, bro. Talk to him about Billy Hoops one more time, just in case they didn't hear it earlier. Listen, man, y'all already know. I bet Trev talks about it every week. I hope Trev talks about it every week. But Billy Hoops is on the rise. We're on the come up. We're taking shit over. It's no diss to Billy Football. Shout out Billy Football. We're both, we're both on the come up. Let's be honest. We're about to make banger after banger after banger. It's not about Billy Hoops. It's not about Billy Football. It's not even about Billy Hockey. It's about Billy. And all I got to say is fuck Billy Baseball, man. You already know how we get down, baby. All right. Let's- <laughs> All right, before you before you head out, uh, how many wins for the Jags this year? <laughs> Come on, uh, Jags get give them give them three wins this year. No okay. way, no chance. Can you say can you say it's the year of the beer like you always do? Say it with your chest, bro. It's the year of the beer. Give me my trademark, man. All right, love, bro. Thanks for coming on. Beerly hoops, cool. And see you soon for Beerly hoops. See you, Dor. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Excellent. Now, before our first guest comes on, let's talk a little bit about the NFC East. We got the Cowboys. We got the new Commanders, Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants. What are you guys thinking as far as that division finishing one through four? Uh, when is Tyrod Taylor going to get the start for New York? Well, whenever you think he is. So I'm thinking by week four, Danny Jones is done. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go... What can Tyrod Taylor do in 12 weeks? Excuse me. 12 wins. 15 weeks. If, no, 13. <laughs> 13 wins, baby. Oh, 13 uh, games. So I'm going to go Cowboys. Give me Washington, Philly Giants. Carry one through four. Wait, Giants. Not the Tyrod Taylor team. Fourth place. They're not. They're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. Mm. He can't do everything, man. He can't. He can't catch the passes he's throwing. I'm gonna go. Neither can anyone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> I will fight you right now. I'm just kidding. I don't. We can't. So, uh, Cowboys tonight for Tyrod Taylor discourse. So. Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Giants. Sadly. Okay. Okay. I think we were even on that. They're going to like this one. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, Giants. Okay. So you're wrong, but you're close. Nah, nah, nah. You'll see. <laughs> so is this is this still the NFC least, or are they on the come up? Uh, um, still the yeah, NFC. it's still the NFC least for yeah. now. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this Giants season. Why? You picked them last. <laughs> I mean, Eagle season. Sorry, <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. I, I'm always I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts, so mm-hmm. it was tough for me to pick against him, but I did. Hey, I always gotta support my boy Danny Dimes every year. Gotta <laughs> go, Danny Dimes. Even this year. Even this year. Yeah, I don't know why. Every year, I always support Danny Dimes. I have to. Just I'm the biggest Danny Dimes supporter. I don't know why. We got Lance of the Giants Radio Network here to talk some Giants. How are we doing tonight, Lance? I'm doing very well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Lance, thanks for, thanks for on. joining us. Yes, sir. Sure, my pleasure. So, right. here's here's my first question. 
Are you, are you sold on Danny Dimes or are you still kind of iffy on him? Well, I think the jury is still out with respect to his durability. I think that's the biggest question mark because he's missed at least two starts in each of his first three seasons. He has yet to get through an entire campaign where the Giants could say, hey, we're going to get 15 games out of you and we know exactly what you're going to bring to the table. So that is still looming. And I think I have my own questions about whether or not he can actually get through a season. As far as his skill set, if we're going to look at it through that lens, I think he still has upside. He's got a good arm. He certainly has weapons around him. I don't think he's lacking there. It's just more of a matter, can he remain healthy? That, to me, is the one element that's holding him back. And then part of that, guys, is the fact that he's put himself in a position where I think he's gotten hurt. Mm -hmm. Meaning, when you're running and you're extending a play, and clearly he's a mobile guy, you have to learn, Mm -hmm. maybe it's smart to slide. Yeah, he's got to get out. Five yards, take the three. Yeah. Or run out of play as opposed to trying to take a sack. That's the other thing that I think is in sync with the whole durability question. How does the fan base feel about that question being sold on Danny Dimes? Have you noticed more people believe in him, want to see what he's got, or more fans kind of going one way or the other, want him out? I think it's split down the middle because I pretty much have heard from the group that wants to immediately move on. There were fans that were calling for the Giants to draft a quarterback with one Uh of their top 10 picks this year. And then I think there's other fans that understand, A, he's worked with a variety of different offensive coordinators very early in his career, which to me can hurt the development of a signal caller. Just look at other examples, Mark Sanchez, Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. There's a handful of guys where it's a revolving door. And I think they also feel he hasn't had all of his weapons fully healthy. See, last season was sort of a catch-22. He got hurt, missed the final six games, and then on top of that, about all the personnel around him that got banged up, whether it was yeah. Saquon Barkley and Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay. You really never had everybody on the field all at once to say, okay, hey, this is exactly what he could do and he has all of his weapons at his disposal. So to answer your question, once again, I think it's 50-50. I think you have a lot of fans that are ready to move on. They're impatient and it's understandable based on how the team has performed as of late. And then there's other fans that are saying, hey, He was a high first-round pick. He hasn't had continuity and stability around him. He's still on the end of his rookie contract. Let's see whether or not he could pull it all together this year. Do you think if he struggles early on, they go to to Tyrod Taylor? (laughs) It's possible, but I don't think that the leash is very short, for the lack of a better phrase, on Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor, guys, was brought in as an insurance policy if – Daniel can't stay healthy. Yeah. Because if you remember what they went through in the final six games last season was not pretty. Yeah. They could barely put any points on the board. I don't think they want to put themselves in that position again. So I don't think Tyrod was brought in as a competitor. Yeah. For Daniel. I agree. He was was brought in as an insurance policy. Yeah. Correct. It was more of let's not put ourselves in the position we put ourselves in late last season where it was a combination of young guys and Mike Glennon and it was like pulling teeth to yeah. try to manufacture points. Yeah, I couldn't imagine my team trotting Mike Glennon out there in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> you're a hard. hater. You're a hater. Okay. Mike Glennon hater? No, oh, you're, you're a Tyrod hater. Tyrod Taylor's a good Tyrod luck. Had, Tyrod's Every, got a great I know, like, ratio in terms of touchdowns and interceptions during his career. Really? I think he's a very underrated quarterback. Thank you! you know, I love this guy! Like, 
I love this guy. But I don't blame him for the Mike Glennon remark. No disrespect to Mike Glennon. Listen, he didn't have a lot working around him, but as somebody that had to watch and sit through those final six games, trust me, guys, it was not pleasant. <laughs> Looking ahead into uh, this next season, what would you say some of the strengths are around this football team? I think the strength that I would point to on the offensive side of the ball is the versatility in the weapons around the quarterback. That, I think, deserves a lot of attention. And what I mean by that is you have Kadarius Toney and Wondell Robinson, who they just drafted in the second round this year. Both of those guys you can use as running backs out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. Toney can throw. They're also great out in open space. Saquon Mm -hmm. Barkley is another guy that is a versatile weapon. All of this is contingent on whether or not these players can stay healthy. But that, to me, is a strength. I think – you have a variety of guys that you can move around. And the reason why I'm pointing to the personnel more so than if you were to ask me, is it the running game or the passing attack, is because, once again, there's a lot we don't know about the personnel being on the field at the same time because they weren't healthy. And, A, it's a new scheme. We haven't seen Brian Dable with this personnel grouping and Mike Kafka, who came over from the Chiefs. You can tell me all you want about what he did with Josh Allen, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones are not identical in terms of quarterbacks yeah. from track record and skill set because Josh Allen's a different build. So that's why I'm going with I think the strength is you like what you're working with on paper. If they could stay healthy and bring it all together, yeah, this offense could certainly take a step forward. And the offensive line, which was retooled, the jury's still out. We haven't seen that group on the field yet. So that's why I'm looking at the receivers slash running backs. That, to me, I think is the biggest strength of this team. Okay. Um, kind of talking about the running backs, the same question I asked you earlier about the fan base being on one side or the other of Daniel Jones. Same question, but with Saquon Barkley. How do they feel about that? I think it's similar to Daniel Jones, where you want him to finally put together a season like his rookie year yeah. where he could stay on the field. Yeah. That's the million-dollar question. And I think if you ask a lot of fans, I know there's certainly a segment of the fan base that feels this way. They still don't like the fact that the Giants used the number two overall pick on Saquon Barkley. If they had their way, they would rather have taken Quentin Nelson or another position that warrants maybe the value of the pick. Now, I think they would be thinking differently, guys, about Saquon Barkley if Barkley stayed healthy. Yeah. What made it a little bit easier to make that case is it's not so much you took a running back with the number two overall pick. It's the fact that you took a running back that has struggled to stay on the field because he's had a multitude of injuries, Yeah. whether it be the torn ACL, whether it be the ankle injury, which happened last year, which was a fluke incident. He's walking and a cowboy steps on his foot. I mean, some of those things you just can't predict. So I think Barkley's got talent. He's got skill set. The problem is he just hasn't been able to take advantage of it because like Daniel Jones, we can't bank on him playing yeah. anywhere from 15 to 17 games a season. Did you think that, uh, uh, obviously, Giants had some first-round picks. How do you think their offseason went? I think their offseason wasn't flashy, which is not necessarily a bad thing. If you mm-hmm. look at what they did free agency-wise, nobody's throwing a parade. Yeah. They certainly didn't win the papier-mâché Lombardi trophy which a colleague of mine on Sirius XM refers to, so I'm going to steal that line. But I think they made some solid moves that filled me. For example, you guys brought up Tyrod Taylor earlier. 
They mm-hmm. needed to upgrade the backup quarterback yeah. position. I thought that was a really good move. An experienced guy, a durable guy, somebody who you know, hey, if he's got to fill in for three to four games, I think you like your chances yeah. that you can still run your offense. And he's mobile like Daniel Jones. Yeah. So it's not like you're going from a mobile guy to a statue. So that's number one. They needed to address the offensive line. The offensive line has been a troubling area. So they mixed and matched between veterans as well as Evan Neal, who they drafted in the first round. But let's not overlook. Mark Lewinsky is a solid offensive lineman who spent the last few years with the Colts. I think that's going to be a solid right guard. John Feliciano is a tough guy, but he's transitioning to center. Mm -hmm. He's mainly been a guard. He's been practicing center. We haven't seen him over an entire season at center, but you bring in a veteran who certainly has starting experience. So those two guys and Evan Neal, I thought, went a long way in helping improve a position. And then on defense, Kayvon Thibodeau should be a nice compliment to Azizo Jalari. Now you got two young guys. You just hope that they can complement one another Mm -hmm. and consistently get to the quarterback within Wink Martindale's defensive scheme. So those, to me, are the highlights of what they did with respect to this offseason. I think Thibodeau is going to be good. I hope he will be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, listen, he's got a great track record coming out of Oregon. We know he can get after the quarterback. We know he was good in terms of also helping stop the run. It's just a matter of what I go back to is when you're the guy in college, how often do we see then you step it up in the NFL? And if you don't get the proper support, there's a lot more riding on you. So I think Thibodeau could be an impactful player, but I still think a lot is going to be dependent on is there another pass rusher that mm-hmm. can be a consistent guy. Like Ojolari last year as a rookie, he had flashes, but his sack numbers didn't necessarily spread out across the season. Yeah. So does he make a jump in year two? And now teams have to say, hey, we got to focus on Ojolari, and then that opens the door for Tibbetts. Yeah. Here's a question we asked a couple weeks ago. I mean, obviously Giants had a great draft. So did the Jets. Who do you think had the better draft Jet this year, Giants or Jets? That's a great question. I'm going to have to go with the Jets. I love what the Jets did, specifically Mm. in the first round. I love what they did to go back into the first round to get the Florida State pass rusher. Mm -hmm. I think the Giants certainly should have entertained. Not that I think they made a bad decision with Thibodeau and Neal, but I thought that what the Jets did in capitalizing the value of their first round and then Brees Hall, who they grabbed, who could be a very valuable component to the backfield, mm-hmm. yeah. they addressed a number of positions, and I think that they were aggressive in saying, hey, we've got somebody that fell in the first round. Let's all of a sudden make the move, and they didn't give up a whole lot to get back into the first round. Yeah. So I think in terms of bang for your buck on paper right now, I have to give the Jets the edge. They had three first-round picks, and I think they addressed three major areas of need. Yeah. Okay, we talked about that rivalry a little bit. little – off uh offshore here yankees or mets in terms of who i think has the better outlook or who i root for personally who do you root for who are you a fan of yankees yankees okay it's a good year to be a yankees fan so it is but once again to be a cautious optimist (laughs) remember they've had seasons where they've had really good regular seasons and then it doesn't necessarily translate to the post so i think we also need to keep that in perspective cautious optimism (laughs) yeah Yes, that's the best way to put it. Well, back to to the Giants. uh, Sat at 4-13 and last year. Do you think they'll have a better or a worse record this upcoming year? I think they'll have a better record. They've been hanging in that 
three to six win territory over the last few seasons. Do I think this team is a juggernaut? Do I think they're going to win the division and make a big playoff run that's going to surprise people? No, I certainly wouldn't put them in that category. Could they get to the seven, eight win territory? Yeah, I don't think that's a stretch. I like Dable and Kafka. I think the offense should be much better than it was last season. I know the bar was low, but the hope that even if Tyrod Taylor has to play a little bit, Mm -hmm. let's say Daniel Jones doesn't get through a season, that they'll be much more respectable in terms of their offensive production. So that, I think, will go a long way. If Saquon can stay healthy, the offensive line improves. You have a more consistent run game. Daniel has time to survey the field. So all of the pieces... Yeah, that should translate to a few more wins because, guys, if you go back to the last six games last season, even if Daniel played, I'm not saying they were going to run the table and win all those games, but you figure they were probably good for another two wins or so Mm -hmm. under those circumstances. So maybe they get to six wins instead of four and 13. So once again, I'm operating under that mindset. And if they get above and beyond that seven to eight win territory, that's going to be as a result of multiple players going to have career years that I think the majority of us are not anticipating. Mm. So I'm trying to keep things realistic. Realistic, I think seven to eight wins is certainly a realistic target. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I could see that, especially with a little better injury luck this year than last. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Zach, it's about that time. Do what you do. All right, so uh, you're a fan of the Giants. They struggled last year. I'm a fan of a team that struggled a little bit more than them last year, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) Understandable. So uh, how many wins do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars get this season? I actually think Jacksonville is an extremely underrated team, and the reason why, I love the Doug Peterson hiring. Mm -hmm. I think what Doug did with the Eagles, guys, if you look, He didn't have overwhelming talent some years. I know they won the Super Bowl, but remember, there were years where he was losing wide receivers and converting tight ends and running backs, and he was finding ways to win games. So I think Jacksonville will surprise people. That division is also not a juggernaut. Yeah, Indy, I thought, would have run away with things last year. They fell apart late. Tennessee, I don't think, is going away, but, you know, they did lose A.J. Brown and their defense – made strides last season. That doesn't mean that it's going to continue. I do love what Bud Dupree did for that pass rush last season. So I think Jacksonville could be in that similar Giants territory. It could be maybe a seven to eight win team. I like it. This coming season. I don't think that's crazy. Trevor Lawrence adapting to life in the NFL. He's got that behind him. Once again, I think Doug Peterson is a play caller and his track record with young quarterbacks is going to help Trevor. The offensive line is in relatively decent shape. They brought in Brandon Sheriff. Yeah. They kept Cam Robinson. And their defense, remember, held Buffalo. They won that game 9-6 to six last year. That Jaguars defense actually surprised some people at times. So, yeah, yeah seven to eight wins I don't think is crazy at all. Yeah, and I, I think that I, a lot of people are overlooking the fact that the upgrade at the head coach position is so massive for Jacksonville. Bingo. Going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson is like – the biggest upgrade you can make in terms of one coach. 100%. Well, he's got NFL experience, unlike Mm -hmm. Urban Meyer. But the other thing, as I mentioned, is I like what Peterson did in terms of his creativity and usage of personnel. And sometimes, guys, as you're aware of, that makes up for a lesser roster. If you can fine-tune the scheme, I think Doug Peterson has an excellent track record in that department. Trevor? I have two very quick last questions for you. My first one, this is a very passionate division, very 
no no love or hate lost in this division. Which team do you hate most, or well, like, what's your biggest rival in this division? The NFC East we're referring to. Yeah. Right. Well, my favorite stat, let me preface my comments by saying, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are aware, nobody's won back-to-back division titles in the NFC East since the Eagles won four in a row from 2001 to 2004. That's how wacky this yeah. division has been. Dallas has been certainly consistent, and they've won more than the rest of the crew in Philadelphia. But as far as the Washington team, I know they're the commanders now, but we often forget in the Giants – it's really been, you know, roll the dice. Let's see what you get out of those teams. I don't really think – I wouldn't say I hate anybody in the division. You guys have to understand, I cover the league for Sirius XM. And mm-hmm. through my work, I don't really have room to have any hatred towards the team. I love the league. I cover the league. I look at it as a whole. Uh-huh. Clearly, I focus on the Giants through my work for the team. But I wouldn't describe myself as having hatred towards anyone else. If you ask me, I look at it more through the lens of what the fan base would say. If you were to ask me what the fans would think, how they would rank it, I think they would put probably Philadelphia, I think, may be number one in terms of hatred just because of the geographical location, the Philly fans, the track record of that group. Dallas would be a very close second because of the history of the two franchises. And then I think Washington probably is in the basement. And I think a lot has to do with they haven't had a great deal of recent success and most of the rivalry with Washington goes back to the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of newer Giants fans weren't around then. Yeah. So they don't really have much to relate to. So Philly, Dallas, Washington is the way that I'd rank it. That'd In probably, terms of the that'd probably be the way I'd break it down if I was a Giants fan, too. All right, Trevor. My very last question for you is, can you say it's the year of the beer? For us here at Beerly Football, Beerly Sports. It's the year of the beer. That's, I have no doubt. I love Absolutely. that. <laughs> you got anything right. you want to promote or plug before you head out tonight? Well, the only thing I would add is if people want to follow my work and interact with me, I'm at Lance Meadow, one word on Twitter, and the last name is M E D O W, and they can hear me on Sirius XM, my work through the Giants, as well as some other platforms. So I welcome any new visitors from that standpoint. <laughs> awesome. We appreciate you coming on tonight. Hey, enjoyed the conversation, guys, and thanks so much for having me on. All appreciate right. Thanks it. for stopping by, Lance. You got it. Take care. Hold on. Boom. There I am. Yes. <laughs> I'm down, but I'm not out. Yes. Right. I have stepped on the scene. So our next guest is from the Full Press Commanders podcast. We have George. The very new Commanders. Uh, George, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Can you hear us okay? You're going to be fine. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yep, we can. Coming through clear. All right, man. Good stuff. How you doing tonight? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Good, good. Who's the jersey in the background? Uh, Gary Clark. Huh? Okay. All right. Like okay. you guys know who he is, but he's one of my uh, favorite players. Yeah. Gary knows who he is. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Zach is our biggest Carson Wentz fanboy of all time. Here's our question. <laughs> Were you happy when Carson Wentz became a commander? Um, so, I'm... I'm happy now. Basically, what ended up happening was um, the whole, whole Carson Wentz uh, addition was polarizing for Washington, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following that closely, but we went in really big for Russell Wilson. I think we offered multiple first-round picks for Russell Wilson on a Monday. On a Tuesday, basically, 
the the Denver Broncos were like, we're not going to trade Russell Wilson whatsoever. On a Wednesday, he was traded to the Broncos. So it's going to stop in the face of Washington because yeah. it's basically like, you know, what's wrong with what's wrong with us? Why can't we get this player on our team? Yeah. Um, then, and then within like 24 hours, what ended up happening was Washington um, basically tried to save face and not Carson Wentz, and um, they offered two third round picks to get him. And um, honestly, like you know, it was kind of a negative initial negative reaction from the fan base. But then as we kind of dive deeper into it. Um, I started like kind of processing more. Of peanut M and M's. It's an overpay. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't honestly don't think it was to be honest, because like, I think um, three pick third rounds. Well, it was two third round picks, right? And oh. what ended up happening is oh, we okay. basically traded back. Um, so let me tell you why it wasn't that big of an overpay. Traded two third round picks. One of them, the second, like for next year, twenty twenty three. That does move. That does move up to a second round pick if he basically oh, okay. plays over 75 percent of snaps which hurt, hurts a lot yeah the good thing about it is yeah, it hurts dude so we traded back from 11 to 16 and doing that um garnered us a third and a fourth round pick so we recouped some of that comp- uh compensation there uh-huh. and then we also let brennan sheriff walk who basically is a guard I think was kind of overpaid, honestly. So we got a third round comp for him. So altogether, we kind of recouped the picks. It wasn't the end of the world. But I agree with you, bro. Basically, the $28 million that we're paying outright, like we didn't, like the Colts didn't take any discount on the deal. And that mm-hmm. basically ended up being, um, and that was, that was an overpay. We'll see how Good. it goes. Good. Yeah. Zach is also a huge Taylor Heineke fan. So he should be tuning into a lot of Commanders games this year. Are you happy with the name? Is there a. The name is all right. <laughs> I'm not super happy with the name. I think they had to play it safe. Um, they basically um, – it had to be politically correct. It had to be something that would last 20, 30 years. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, Red Wolves was very popular in the fan base. People really wanted that or Washington Wolves altogether. Um, there's a lot of trademark issues that kind of got in the way with that. So they couldn't go that direction. I like more of like a military name anyway, like Washington Sentinels, Washington. Um, what else do they have? I heard Red ones. Wings for a minute. Or yeah, Red Tails, Red Tails. It was Red Tails. Red Tails yeah. was up there because of the Tuskegee Airmen. Red Wolves was up there for a while. Commanders is all right. I think, I think you know, no matter what you're going to do, you're not, not going to be necessarily happy with it at first. And um, mm-hmm. to, I went to this making the brand, um, like, uh, behind-the-scenes thing a week or two ago, and basically the, the president was like, you know, within 12 months, that's when you want to have to break even in regards to, like, Gallup polling because people are going to hate the name no matter what it is at first. So mm-hmm. we'll see how we go. <clears throat> so there's been some stuff coming about Terry McLaren lately. You worry he's going to leave? Or you think he's going to stay in Washington for good? He's special. He's great. I'm a big yeah, fan really of this. Yeah, man. So Terry McLaurin, man, is, you know, he is our saving grace. He's kind of been what we've – he's our only shining star we've had for a couple of years now. Um, and it's kind of QB proof. Like, I'm sure you guys, you know, guys seem like you're big football guys. He's had nine quarterbacks over the last three years thrown to him. And basically, I think it's a different starting quarterback for the past three years in week one. So he's a, he has a turnstile at quarterback, but he's producing 1,000 yards every year, putting up six touchdowns a year, getting, you know, 70 catches. So he is um, what we need. And um, basically, if you follow him closely as well, he ha- he is the face of our franchise in regard to the rolling out the brand, in regard to like all the merchandise. He's our guy. Yeah. So I think in Washington, McLaurin is kind of um he's more viable to Washington than he would be in other places. Like we're gonna have to overpay him for him to stay here. 
and I don't mind that. I think he, I think it's kind of like the Ashburn tax because we have him in the greatest team in the world, overpay to get him on our team, and I think he's going to say. He's definitely one of the shining stars, one of the, the strengths. But outside of Terry, what would you say some of the other strengths are heading into this next season? So I think um, one sleeper that people the talk of training camp right now is Jahan Dotson. He basically is a um, oh, right. receiver, uh-huh. number 16 overall pick. He's eaten right now, so it's kind of a blessing in disguise that Terry McLaurin is gone because basically Terry McLaurin, you know, he's holding out for training for mini camp right now. He wants to get a big contract, uh-huh. so therefore he's gone, and basically Jahan Dotson's taking all the snaps with the you know, wide receiver one, and he's taking the slots at the – He's, you know, at the X position and at the slot position right now. So he's looking pretty good right now. So Jahan Dotson definitely – and we'll see how he actually plays out because with our offense, we have him, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. We're starting to become pretty well-rounded. I'm not going to say he's going to blow up, but he's a good deep-round pick, like dart throw in fantasy, maybe like 40, 50 catches, like maybe six, 700 yards, I think. I can see Dotson doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also drafted Brunson, who's like our running back from in the third round. He's Alabama running back. If you guys follow follow SEC and college yeah. football, mm-hmm. um, thirteen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns in Alabama, and he's solid. Man, I think he's going to be a good balance, like thunder and lightning with Antonio Gibson. He's more of like a scat back and more of a receiver type. And yeah. Brian Robinson is going to be like third down, short yardage guy. So yeah, you know, kind of like that. <clears throat> even the backups at Alabama are can be NFL talent. Like even the third yeah. strings, like it doesn't matter. Even if you haven't heard of him, if he's from Alabama, he's He's, up, he's got talent, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we talked about the strengths a little bit. Um, what would you say some of the weaknesses are? And do you think the defense took a step back last year? Oh, for sure, man. So definitely. So if, to answer the question fully, I think our offense is going to kind of move up up the tiers a little bit, right? It's a couple, you know, two years ago we had Taylor Heineke. He kind of limited our offense. Um, our offense got up to twenty first in the league last year, which was like from twenty eight. We were really down down on that list. I do think Wentz is going to be more competent. He's going to be more of a, a distributor and probably he has more arm talent than Heineke. So I can see the offense going up to 15. I think our defense did, definitely took a step back last year. I think um, basically our secondary and our linebackers core still has questions. I'm definitely going to see how that plays out. Um, we don't have a true middle linebacker. We have Cole Holcomb who's going to come in and play there, but he's more of like a, um, he's more of an average kind of guy. So, Linebacking core is kind of weep. Our defensive backs, we have Kendall Fuller and William Jackson are pretty solid, but besides that, really weak. So if one of them get hurt, our, our defensive backfield is pretty weak. <clears throat> okay. Uh, would you say to maybe address some of those weaknesses, um, did they have a successful offseason, and uh, were you happy with the draft picks that kind of came along with that? So in, like, commander land, people were kind of upset that we were, like, with lack of the aggression. So our offseason, I'd probably give about a C. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, because basically we had a lot of money. We had maybe a good, like, $30, $40 million going into the offseason, and Washington really wanted to spend. We were looking at linebackers, looking at safeties. Um, the Honey Badger was really popular for us. We really wanted him. We looked, we looked at Bobby Wagner as well. Because we took Carson Wentz and just ate that whole contract, we basically couldn't spend it all. So therefore, um, we were kind of had a limited offense, or sorry, limited offseason. Um, I think our draft also was more safe as opposed to aggressive. Like we got Jahan Dotson, um, we could have had a Lavi or Garrett Wilson at eleven. We basically kind of um, moved back, and we got more of like foundational pieces in our draft. So 
honestly, our offseason is decent. It's going to depend on Carson Wentz moving forward. If he's going to be legit, you know, as a quarterback and yes. going to kind of be our make or break. <clears throat> right, yeah. And he'll be the most important part. He'll be the focal point um, that all fans have their eyes on this year. Yeah. Uh, sat at 7-10 and 10 last year. You think they'll have more or less wins than that this year? What do you think that record might look like for them? So objectively speaking, our, I think we're going to do better this year. Like, I know it's kind of hard to say that it's coming as a commander fan or whatever, but I do think um, our strength of schedule is going to play a big role. I think uh, last year we were 7-10. and 10. We kind of we started off strong. We started off weak, got better the, as the year went on last year, but then COVID hit us hard at the end of the season, and we kind of lost two games to the Eagles back-to-back to knock, out, knock us out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think Carson Wentz is an improvement over Taylor Heineke. Like Carson Wentz is probably like quarterback 15 or 16, while Heineke was more of like 20, 25. So I do think that's gonna that slight improvement's gonna help. Mm-hmm. And our strength of schedule is roughly like 30th or 31st in the league. So we do have a kind of a weaker batch. Like we start off with the Lions and the Jaguars to start off the season, and then they kind of continue with the Falcons and other people in regard to that as the year goes on. So I like going through my podcast as well. We were talk, kind of going through it step by step, and basically, like ten and seven sounds reasonable for Washington this year. Which, like, and I think, uh-huh. you know, getting, getting Wentz, getting you know, healthy. You know, I think having Chase Young all year, Montez Sweat all year will make our defense better. So I do think we'll be around ten wins this year. Okay. <clears throat> and obviously, they took Sam Howell this year in the draft. Are you big on him? Do you think he's a guy of the future, or just kind of you know a mid round backup guy? I think he's a good dart throw. I- I was not a Sam Howell guy. Like I basically followed the draft pretty hard, and I was scouting people as well. Like I liked, um, I liked uh, Mac. Actually, liked um, Desmond Ritter. Actually, I think he was a late riser as time went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Corral was definitely a gamer too. He's a little bit smaller there, so um, you know I actually like Kenny Pickett a lot too. But Sam Howell, he has a big arm. Um, he basically he is mobile. He's not going to be mobile at the professional level. North Carolina had pretty simple concepts, so I think the learning trend, like the transition is going to be hard for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, that's why it's a good fit for him here in D.C. because he doesn't have to be start, the quarterback yeah. this year. He can he sit behind Wentz. Right exactly, right? He can basically sit like a year or two and kind of develop and kind of see how that goes. Um, I think it's a perfect match. I think he can kind of develop over the next couple of years. If he doesn't, you know, it's not the end of the world. Taking a fifth-round flyer on Sam Howell isn't the end of the world. Um, if we completely bottom out and Carson Wentz stinks, the best part about the contract is we can cut bait this year and have a clean slate so we can draft someone in the first round if we want to next year. So yeah, um, I'm not going to crown Sam Howell, but at the same time, he's nice to have in your stable, so I'm not mad at it. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes sense. Okay. Well, uh, Zach, it's getting about that time. we got to put you a l- through a little torture. Zach is going to ask you a torturous question. You have to think about the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight. All right, so, so uh, Zach, go ahead and kick that off. Unfortunately, Jacksonville Jaguars are my team. Unfortunately, okay. Uh, Got you. So they finished with the worst record in the NFL last year. Ended up with the first overall pick. How many wins do you think the Jags get this year? <laughs> I think they're gonna come around a little bit, man. So seventeen game season. How many? You guys, how many wins you had this last year? Like four. Four. Yeah. You had four wins, four yeah. or three. Okay, I think uh, a lot of it was because of your coach, man. What's his name? Uh, the Urban Meyer. Coach. Urban. Yeah, Urban Meyer. Dude, he's a hot mess. He's kicking people, and he's definitely he wasn't, cheating on his wife. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was wild. So I can guess. I don't I know mean, if that was cheating. I don't know. It was a slight dabble. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I can see the Jaguars floating around a six, man. Six wins, six okay. eleven. Like I think I Trevor, Trevor Lawrence can step up a little, a little bit, get a couple more wins, and uh, I think you can have some stability there. Doug Peterson's a good coach, so that should yeah. be pretty solid for you guys. <clears throat> Trevor, your turn. I got two very quick questions for you. Um, I asked this to our Giants guests that we just got off the line with. Which team do you hate the most, or which team is the biggest rival? Our Giants guests said the Eagles. What about you? What are the What do the Commanders mm. think? So I don't know which fan base. We got a Jaguars fan in here. What do you guys? What do you guys do for? I'm the Bucks. I'm Patriots. Bucks and Patriots. All right. So the NFC East. The dynamic is this, right? The Eagles and the Giants hate each other, and the Cowboys and Commanders hate each other. That's how it basically goes. That's down. what I thought. So that, those, those are, that, that, that's the rivalry, right? So yeah. basically, it's that New York Philadelphia pipeline. It's that DC. You know, it, it was Cowboys Indians a couple of years ago, but now it's more Commanders and uh, you know. Yeah, Cowboys, I'm gonna have to bleep uh, that out. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, so we hate, we hate them the most. The Cowboys just run their mouths. I'm sure you guys catch it on the oh yeah, no, we know. We it's know. like it's like every year they're the best team on paper. Every year they're going to win the Super Bowl, and Jerry Jones is all glamorous. So we always want to beat them. Um, the Eagles obviously got a big fan base, to known for being jerks. But honestly, man, some of the coolest content creators I've known are Eagles fans. So kind of changing my light on them. So definitely hate the Cowboys the most. <clears throat> also, one of the worst people in the world is a Cowboys fan, Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. No, they're awful. They're awful, and they're heavy around here too. There's a lot in the DC area, man. I see them all around. It's crazy. I bet. <clears throat> My very last question for you is: Can you say it's the year of the beer for us here at Beerly Sports? It's the year of the beer, baby. Let's do it. Heck yeah, that's what I want. I know you're on a podcast. Anything you want to plug or promote before you head out? Oh yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I'm George Carmi at gcarmi21 at Twitter. I host the Full Press Commanders podcast. Definitely check me out on YouTube. Um, I got a couple videos coming up. I'm going to rank the best wide receivers in the NFC East. I also have a podcast on Monday with Jamal Forrest and Big Doug, who are definitely going to represent and talk about Washington OTAs and minicamp. So appreciate that, fellas. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Good Good luck to your commanders this year. Yeah, good luck. All right, cool, man. All right, cool, guys. See you all around. See ya. See ya. All right. All right. Next up, we have Seamus of BGN Radio here to talk about the Eagles. Are they going to fly Seamus, this year? How are you year? doing tonight? You guys hear me? You're all good? Yeah, it sounds yeah, great. great. All right. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, let's get to this. Here, here's my question right away. We all sure. love We're Jerry doesn't fun. always sound like this. He's just no, he's sick. sick. Yeah, he usually <laughs> sounds like that. Here at Beerly Football, obviously, we love Gardner Minshew. Do you? I love Gardner Minshew, yes. I miss him. I miss him so much. Who doesn't? I think he's a a top 30 quarterback in this league. Not saying he's an average or even above average starter, but I think could make the case he's the best backup in the league. And it's a situation like last year where Jalen Hurts got banged up, missed the game. Minshew came in, threw a couple touchdowns, and picked up a road win. And... They don't do that. The birds probably don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think there's any chance we see him as a starter this season? You know, Hurts kind of struggles, and they go with Minshew. Or do you think Hurts kind of entrenches that QB one this year? I think they're just riding out the whole year with Hurts. Probably, I would think. I think it would take injury for Minshew to get in. I wouldn't. You know, I don't think anyone in Philly, even though there are people that uh, are Jalen Hurts detractors, no one's really banging the table around here locally for Minshew to. Usurp him for the starting yeah, game. Yeah, he loves Jalen Hurts from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah he's a little, he's divisive, and I guess uh, maybe from the outside it seems uh, 
Philly fans are very fickle when it comes to quarterbacking, and that's been the case for you know my whole life since the <laughs> Don McNabb era. Really, yeah. people calling for you know Jeff Garcia to become the starting quarterback over him and all that kind of stuff. Jeff Garcia, Kevin Cobb, and Michael Vick, and. Nick Foles, was he good enough? And then he leaves and just a never-ending drama. It mm-hmm. uh, makes my job great and definitely more <laughs> so when I was a fan than a media member uh, made my brain want to explode. <laughs> who's, who's your number one Eagles QB all time? That's what I was going to ask. Nick Foles. Nick like that. Foles. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, we're, literally, we're literally working on a, a fee, uh, feature on the website. that I. Uh, it's my main job. I'm the deputy sports editor of phillyvoice.com. Okay. And we'll have something cooking up this week where we're – doing composite rankings of every quarterback in Eagles history who's thrown at least 100 passes is eligible to be ranked in this list. (laughs) So that was the minimum. So there's like 42 guys since the 30s. I ranked them all today. It's not officially on the website yet, but I did my personal ranking. And honestly, like only 15 of those guys belong in the NFL. And it's hilarious looking at some of the stats from a guy who plays in 1944 and had – 12 touchdowns led the league and also led the league with like 28 interceptions. Just, just <laughs> it's a different sport back then. So it's oh, kind of yeah. fun doing this. But most but most of the guys are absolutely terrible. And that kind of speaks to the history of the Eagles. Uh, though there are definitely highlights there with you know, Donovan, Donovan, McNabb. And, yeah. Donovan McNabb and Randall Cunningham are pro bowlers. Some of the most talented uh, quarterbacks this league has seen. Nick Foles is, uh, you know, the... Bigger than Ben Franklin in Philly, really, in terms of what the kind of legend he is. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's some good people. Michael Vick we had a really exciting couple ben year Franklin run here. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm, I'm wondering the same thing. How many times, how many playoff games has Ben Franklin won against Tom Brady? Yeah, exactly. Ben It'll be that bad, lie, man. I'll Tom give Brady. you a hint. It starts. It rhymes with hero and starts with a Z. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, bringing in A.J. Brown is pretty cool. Y'all should be very excited about that. But what would you say some of the strengths are on this team heading into next year? Uh, Both sides of the ball, the line of scrimmage. My entire life, this is an organizational philosophy. And uh, in some way, the organizational nucleus, in terms of some of the front office stuff, has been in place for for two decades now, really going back to some of the organizational philosophies Andy Reid put in, in, you know, 99, 2000, 2001. Mm -hmm. It's all about the offensive line and defensive line of this team. That's what they always prioritize in the draft. That's what they always prioritize in free agency spending. They had maybe what I thought was the best offense line in football last year. They had an offense that to begin the year had a really weak passing attack where Jalen Hurts kind of struggled to find his his rhythm as an NFL signal caller. And they just said, look, we have this unbelievable offensive line. We have, other than Lamar, maybe the best running quarterback in the league. Why don't we just run the ball a million times like we're the 1955 Lions or Browns or something and just pound teams and crush them? And that's what they did with that offensive line. And it was unbelievable to watch. It's, you know, I I think of myself as a progressive football fan. You know, the easiest way to, you know, sustain success in the league is through passing offense year to year. But... It was fun as hell to watch them just bully some fucking teams out there. You know, they have Jason Kelsey's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's, you know, the best center in the league, made an all-pro team, his fourth or fifth all-pro selection last year, uh, even as he's in his early 30s. Lane Johnson is a former all-pro. They had two young guys on the left side of the line. Jordy Maylotta, who didn't even start playing in football, American football, until he was drafted in 2018. First year as a starter last year, has Pro Bowl potential. They had second-round pick Landon Dickerson out of Bama, a guy who battled injuries in his career, but he started 14 games last season. It was unbelievable at left guard. Another guy, I think, having 
Maylotta and Dickerson, left tackle, left guard there, that's going to be two handfuls of Pro Bowl nods in their career. I really, truly believe that over the next five, six, seven, eight years. That was a great pick for Philip Dickerson. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. People get so weird about drafting offensive linemen here, and it's like, oh, they drafted another lineman. I'm like, the team's been, like, pretty good my entire life because that's all they do is draft linemen. And some of the pieces move around otherwise, but, like, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the offensive and defensive line. Yeah. And now they have Fletcher Cox, who's a little bit older. He's not the same guy who was an all-pro. But then they go and select Jordan Davis, who's an unbelievable, absolute beast, was, mm-hmm. you know, I thought the best defensive player on the best defensive team I've I've really seen in my, like I said, a couple of decades watching college football. You still have really talent on the outside. They brought in kind of more of an off-ball linebacker, but Hassan Reddick in there to rush the passers had – you know, 20-plus sacks over the last two years combined. Uh, Javon Hargrave had a seven- or eight-sack season last year. Brandon Graham, who's a previous Super Bowl hero, uh, tore his Achilles last season. But even though he's in his early 30s, made his first Pro Bowl team in 2020, I think he's going to be rearing back. Talked to him at training, or I should say OTAs, not training camp, uh, a week or two ago. Seen in high spirits and was out there practicing and ready to go. So offense and defensive line. Uh, they're going to go as far as they can take them. And in the, yeah. in the past, uh, you know, that's taken in some great playoff heights uh, during my time following the team. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we talked about the strengths a little bit. What would you say some of the weaknesses are uh, heading into this next year? I'm concerned about the safety depth. I think this team is really uh, pretty balanced top to bottom uh, in the sense that they might not have, you know, upper echelon star stars at every position. They have a lot of really quality players. And it's not a situation where I'm saying, obviously, they're the, in, the, in the realm of the Bucks and the Rams and all that stuff. Uh, but I think they're a really quality team. But the one thing that worries me is uh, they didn't really do anything to address the safety position. And it's funny, people always freak out about safeties. And for like as Brian Dawkins in the early 2000s was this all-pro player. He's in the Hall of Fame now. Everyone uh, grew up watching him is so obsessed about the safety position that every time the safety messes up, it's like, oh, He's not Brian Dawkins out there, which I kind of get and is funny, but uh, they lost Rodney McLeod this offseason, who was a key defensive leader over the last few years as a lot of those Super Bowl veterans came and left the city. Uh, you know, definitely a, a leadership person back there. He left and signed with the Colts this season, and they didn't really draft any, uh, anyone to replace them. They didn't make any big freight and signings. People in Philly were screaming for the team to sign the Honey Badger, but then I think it's a better move they go out and do that. AJ Brown trading contract, but they're really thin at safety. They're they're high on their guys internally. They really like Marcus Epps, who's been mostly a, a very good special teams player in his career, but more so a third or fourth safety, I think, at the pro level. Kind of getting thrusted into a starting role. They're gonna have these guys kind of thrown to the wolves a bit, and I think that could be the one thing that maybe holds back this defense a lot. Their their cornerback situation is really solid, which could help offset that a bit, I'd say. Given that they had Darius Slay, who had a Pro Bowl caliber season last year, I think should have merited all pro consideration. And even that's someone who I was uh, very, very low on Darius Slay going in the last year and, and even in the season. That's not a homer take for me. It's almost uh, like my friends would make fun of me for how much shit I gave Darius Slay. So that's kind of owning up to it, uh, admitting that how good he is right now. They did the James Bradbury signing from the Giants. He had a down year in 2021, but he was absolutely awesome in 2020. And they just gave a new contract to their slot cornerback, nickel corner, Vontae Maddox, drafted out of 2018 uh, defensive back there. I think he looks really good in the slot. And that trio, they're probably a, you know, a top 10 cornerback unit. 
based off the the top three guys, not top five, not top three. Uh, but I hope that can hide some of the messes that the safety position is going to present this year. Right. Um, well, we talked about. Did we talk about the draft yet? This draft picks. A little bit, but not really. I said we talked okay. about Jordan Davis. Uh, it's a very Eagles thing for them to always kind of win the offseason or they win these trades. And at times that's blown up in their faces over the last 10 years. Again, I say like the, the front office structure has been in place for a long, long time in terms of the big decision makers up there. Uh, but, you know, good process, good process. I love Jordan Davis. I wanted them to move up for Jordan Davis. That's exactly what they did. Uh, they landed a guy that the whole city was screening for them to take in the second round. And Georgia linebacker Nakobe Dean in the third round. I don't know what the injury situation is going to hold for him uh, at OTAs. I didn't see him on the field in terms of seven on seven action. So I don't really know what his role is going to be going in a training camp and whether he's going to have a chance to establish himself come those uh, joint practices and preseason games in August. But the hype surrounding that pick and the Jordan Davis pick, and because of how freaking awesome that Georgia defense was last year, is through the roof, really. And you can't talk about the Eagles draft without talking about the fact that they traded one of the two first round picks they owned uh, to the Tennessee Titans to grab AJ Brown. Carrie, mm. going to got something for him? Yeah, nine eight last year. Nine and eight last year. Think of a better or worse record this season. So they win nine games last year, week back to back of the uh, second half of the season schedule. People kind of wrote them off in the city. Kind of, uh, it was so weird last year. People just, you think of Philly fans as being so crazy and over the top. No one like really bought into this team uh, in terms of the fan base last year. They had a playoff game for the first time in a couple of years, and the excitement level was really weird. It, it didn't make any sense to me where. Uh, people didn't really believe they were as good as that nine and eight record, and I get that kind of as kind of the competition and some the way injury luck played out. But I think they're a better team this year. Their schedule, on paper, schedule really means jack shit, right? Like their schedule doesn't seem hard in June. Well, like no shit. Like we haven't seen any of their teams play yet in the fall, so yeah. it can always change. Um, you know, like uh, in years past, like oh, this this Eagles schedule is so hard. People thought that in 2017, the year they won the Super Bowl, and then a lot of those teams ended up sucking and regressing from the years prior. Like, the Seahawks weren't as good that year. The Raiders were good the year before and then weren't good that year. Like, stuff like that happens. But I think they're a team that can win 10 or 11 games, and in the NFC East with Dallas taking a step back, I think that's enough to win a division and get a home playoff game. Hmm. 11 games, that's interesting. I'd say 10 or 11, yeah. Okay, we're talking about winning games. I know Zach has a, a question for you. He wants to know about a certain team, how many games they'll win. All you right, assume right. you'll be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars tonight? You're wrong. All right. So, uh, unfortunately, my team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, oh, like, I, I I would, like, legit, if we're on video, like, slip my wrist right now for Doug Peterson. So, that's good with me. I could do it for you. If I got you could do it for me. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right so how give many... me some jag stakes the eagles play uh week four in philly october 2nd the jags are back in town and uh doug peterson returns for his first time since he was fired revenge and game obviously won the super bowl with the bird <laughs> revenge hey game. man like it would be really good like I, I try to be weird about being a fan now that i'm kind of like more official media but uh make for some good stories if uh doug came back in and spanked the eagles i think for sure uh Send the city in the frenzy and you know, hopefully get some clicks out of that. Yeah. How many how many wins well, do you what think are you the feeling? Jags, how many think how many wins do you think the Jags get this year? 
Well, their, their division sucks, right? Do you think that? Uh, they. Or I no. mean, the the Colts are okay. The Titans took a step yeah, they're just back, like, but they're okay. You own. Colts are you own good. the Colts, though. You own the Colts, right? That's right. We get to wear our clown noses and and dance around their stadium whenever we want now. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's it's there's so many weird AFC South connections with the birds because they had the whole Carson Wentz situation yeah. last year with the Colts and the, the Eagles owned their first round pick and all that shit. Um, I have to look at their schedule. I, like on any prediction type thing, I have to do this off season or in the fall, whether it's pot. I'm just projecting the Jaguars to win a division in every like interview I do. So this is the first official one I'm doing. Podcast. Okay. Yeah, worst of first in that division. Not not quite worst of first. You know, uh, Bengals making the Super Bowl, but I really like Trevor Lawrence going that draft. Uh, there's no bigger Doug Peterson uh, believer on the planet. The way he, uh, you know, took Carson Wentz along, and he looked at like early in his career that he could be an MVP candidate before all the injuries and situation befall him. Yeah. He made Nick Foles, who was a guy that almost uh, quit football, look like you know. Better than Benjamin Franklin ever did in Philadelphia, if you want to reference <laughs> what we talked about earlier. Uh, the guy has unbelievable energy and locker room chemistry. Players love fighting for him. And it's going to be such a huge culture change from the you know absolute fucking disaster that Urban <laughs> Meyer was that I think it'll not only will it be nice that he has, you know, an actual NFL scheme and knows, you know, like Urban Meyer didn't know who Aaron Donald was like. <laughs> You know, Doug Peterson has gone in L.A. and beaten Aaron Donald's Rams multiple times in his career yeah. when he was with the Eagles. So I, I, I'm a believer in the Jags. I don't, I can't speak to a lot of aspects of their team, but my take all offseason is that they're going to make the playoffs. How many, how many wins do you think they would have to get to win the division? I like. I think that division's bad, and I think Tennessee's like nine, up for ten. some regression. Yeah, I think that is that a nine and eight division win. That feels right. But they feel a little. And they're like the NFC East of the of the AFC, and they're like the one week division. Yeah. And you know, I really randomly like this year, so I can't can't say. I that. like Matt Ryan, but uh, I like Matt Ryan, but I don't know. I don't know. Darius Leonard's sick, but I, don't know. I like Trevor, man. I like Trevor. This is my favorite guest we've ever had on. <laughs> I like Trevor yeah. too. We got to come back for Eagles Jaguars week. Oh man, we got yeah, that. We got to have you back. Trevor? Um, Gary? <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, I have a couple quick questions for you. Um, yeah. Our Giants fan we had on earlier said, biggest rival, biggest team they hate the most is the Philadelphia Eagles. What? I'm going to ask the same question to the Eagles. Who's the biggest rival? What team do you hate the most? The it's, Giants? Like very, it's like, it's very clear in the city. It's like Cowboys are in a tier to himself, and then it's like Giants and Washington. And I know that's more specific to – like, I have buddies from college that were Giants fans. They always hate the Eagles more, and I think it's one of those things where, you know, during my lifetime, the 21st century, the Eagles have had a lot of success over the Giants in head-to-head matchups. I know Eli won two Super Bowls. The Eagles only have one Super Bowl and all of that, but um, it's kind of the inverse because the older generation in Philadelphia, they grew up watching the Cowboys always win and, and beat the crap out of the Eagles. Yeah. So it's more ingrained in the city to hate the Cowboys, and plus – you know, like, everyone hates the Cowboys. They're America's team, but at the same time, they're America's most hated team at the same time, right? Yeah. So uh, everyone hates the Cowboys more. And then I guess it would be the Giants number two for sure. And then Washington. Honestly, they might hate, like, the Patriots still. Like, Philly's like that. Like, still mad about the Super Bowl when Don McNabb was there. Like, the Patriots might be the most, the second most hated team in the city after 
uh, the Cowboys really just kind of the insanity of Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots deserve all the hate. Yeah, I agree. Also, I think about 20% of the Cowboys hate in the United States comes directly from uh, people hating Skip Bayless, which is completely reasonable. Yeah, Skip, uh, Skip Bayless knows how to, knows how to uh, push some buttons, right? He does, he's good at his job. He's he's insane, but he's good at his job, I'll say that. Yeah, he is. Getting people riled he's up. Okay. Getting, getting people riled up. Really hoops is better. I don't. I like. Not, I don't agree with like anything he ever says, but the man uh, knows how to get a reaction. He, yeah, he knows how to get a reaction. That's a, that's his job. Get clicks. My last question for you is: Can you say it's the year of the beer for us here at Beerly Sports? It's the year of the beer at Beerly Sports. No, just the first part. It's the year of the beer. Oh, it's, it's the year of the beer. I thought I was doing a little ad promo here, like. No, you, you know, are. You are. Blue. Blue <laughs> chew. Uh, promo code get Roman. Exactly. Have you got anything you want to promote or publicize? Yeah, you could, you could check if you're like Philly Sports. Uh, I do a lot of Eagles Sixers coverage at phillyvoice.com. Oh, I'm the deputy sports editor there. And then I do Eagles podcast for Bleeding Green Nation Radio, which is the premier Eagles podcast network out there. Awesome, Thanks, man. I appreciate you, you coming on right. tonight. Thanks for having me on, boys. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Love to take care. Minshew, baby. It's time for the most. Oh, by the way, now that my camera's on, I could I could show you guys the beer. Banana bread, isn't Banana it bread. cute? It's delicious. Carrie, the beer dogs you can make with this thing. See. All we right. got to talk about that at the end of the show, but right now we we're going to talk to Matt of the Star Gang podcast, talking Cowboys. How you doing tonight? Everybody good. loves How are you guys? America's team. We're happy to have you on. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. So going with the theme in the show, obviously I had to grab a beer. So but IPA, I don't know if you guys can see that on camera or not. I, I can't no. see your camera. <laughs> what do you, what kind of IPA you got? It's a local Atlanta brewery called Sweetwater, so it's just oh, okay. Yeah, I've Thanks had good. Sweetwater. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I'm out in Gainesville, so oh, got it. Nice. I like it. I like it. Go there, he there, there he is. There he is. Polo. Nice. Ooh, I like it. Like okay, it. IPAs. Yeah, let's get into it. Do it. I have a you question. Like being just, a fan? I, yeah, I have a question before we start. Uh, so, how does it feel to have Skip Bayless represent your fan base on ESPN? I mean, I don't think he represents us. I guess technically he does, but Cowboys Nation, we don't claim him. He has a whole backstory <laughs> from when he actually did cover the Cowboys back in the 90s. Um, he wrote a book kind of inferring some stuff about Troy Aikman and a lot of the other players. So, he's not really well-received in Cowboys Nation. Uh, okay. He does stuff just for the show. So, you know, it, it's about garnering attention and getting clicks and views and things like that. So a lot of the things he says, you know, it's subject to, is he actually, does he actually mean that? Or is he saying it just to get responses? So fair. Yeah, right. We don't fair. really, we don't really appreciate him as the uh, <laughs> face of our franchise. Of our I think his so. daughter's really hot though. Or I might I be thinking of someone else, but I do think his daughter's really hot. <laughs> I have to look that up. I have not seen it. <laughs> I hope she's 18. I'm just oh. kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, wow. Okay, let's get right into it. The uh, football side of it, heading into next year, Dallas Cowboys. What do you think some of the strengths are heading into this yeah. next season? So, obviously, some of the strengths we have on our team is a running game. 
Ezekiel Elliott had a torn PS torn PCL last year. He's rehabbed well. He's been able to participate. We had, today was our first day of um, veteran minicamp, but he was there and he's able to cut. He looks good so far. Tony Pollard had a big season last year, you know, in, in regards to being a, a number two running back, and he has the versatility to be that guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield and do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, the early talk is that we're working him out at slot receiver, trying to go, I, I don't want to say the reverse Debo route, but trying to get him his pass-catching ability um, featured a little bit more in our offense. So our running game, having two running backs like that is obviously a big boon to us. And then on the defensive side, our pass rush and our safeties are probably the strength of our defense, um, being able to generate takeaways and get after the pass rusher or get after the quarterback with guys like Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, opposite of him. Um, we drafted Sam Williams, which I know we'll talk about draft in a little bit. So we'll see what he adds and then added a veteran with Dante Fowler. So he has familiarity with Dan Quinn, but his career has been up and down. So it's kind of a question on what he's going to give us. But pass rush run game are, are the two biggest strengths we have. How happy were you with the Micah Parsons coming to Dallas? Could you be in any happier? Yeah, well, it, it's kind of funny because I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a surprise pick because last year the whole talk for Cowboys Nation was they're going to go cornerback. So the debate was, is it Pat Sertan or is it J.C. Horn? And if it's not those two, Rashawn Slater. Those were the three names that were tossed around from every media outlet, every fan, every content creator, basically anybody you can you could drum up. Those were the three big names. And then right before the draft started coming up, there was talk on, like, well, what happens if Micah Parsons falls to them? Do they take him? And it just didn't really register that that was a reality. So the fact that he was as phenomenal as he was as a rookie was incredible. But I, I was surprised when they took him just because I didn't expect him to be there, and I thought we were going to go with cornerback until both of them got snagged before a pick. And then I just assumed it was Rashawn Slater. <laughs> Well, we talked a little bit about the strengths. What do you think some of the weaknesses are uh, this upcoming year? And what did you think about the loss of Amari Cooper? Yeah, good question. So this is a weird one for Cowboys fans to digest, but the offensive line is a weakness of our team right now. Mm-hmm. It's something we relied on heavily for, you know, since 2014-ish, roughly. But Tyron Smith gets hurt every year. He hasn't been able to finish the season since 2015, I believe, was the last time he finished the full season. On the opposite side, we have Terrence Steele, who was an undrafted free agent in 2020. Had a really rough rookie season trying to play both right and left tackle. But last year took a big step forward. But again, he's a young player. And then outside of that, we have no depth at all on the offensive tackle spot. It's um, two rookies that we have and a guy that we drafted in the fourth round last year who didn't play a single snap. So we don't really know what we have at swing tackle. And that's a big concern when you have a guy like Tyron that you don't know if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, center position, again, we have a young center. Last year was his first year as a full-time starter. He played four games in 2020. Had a rough start to the season, but it going against guys like Vita Vea and Sue Reek One are going to do that to guys. Mm-hmm. As the season progressed, he seemed to kind of settle in, but we don't really know what his ceiling is. And then outside of that, it's seventh-round pick from the year before and undrafted free agents. So we don't really have any depth on the offensive line at any spot. So that's a big concern. Um, and then wide receivers going into the season, again, something that Cowboys fans felt good about the last three years. Mm-hmm. But losing Amari Cooper and having Michael Gallup most likely going to start on the pup list. We're not going to have him. So we have James Washington, played for the Steelers. Decent stats, but he's never been a high-level NFL starter. And then mm-hmm. we have Jalen Tolbert we draft in the third round. So wide receiver and offensive line are probably the two biggest areas of concern right now. Okay. Well, um, 
good season last year, uh, regular season at least, a 12-5 and finish. Do you think they'll have a better or worse record this year than they did last year? So that could go either way. We have the worst um, strength of schedule in the NFL right now. So that oh, okay. you know, should go in our favor, but our entire division does. It's kind of funny. The entire NFC East is tied for 29th and tied for 31st. So we don't have a super strong really schedule. It really took y'all this yeah. year. Yeah. Right? These guys suck. We don't have a super strong schedule coming up, but I do think that the Philadelphia Eagles and Washington Commanders did enough in the offseason to kind of close that gap. And it's hard to repeat year to year. Um, in fact, our division hasn't yeah. had a back-to-back division champ since 2004. And, you know, the – Eagles went on a nice run before that, but it hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. So with the Eagles closing the gap, having a great offseason, and then Washington getting a competent quarterback, if he can stay healthy, adding Jahan Dotson to an already good offensive skill set room, it could make some noise. I, I'm more worried about the Eagles than Washington, but I think they could be a good enough team where they may steal a, a game, and instead of sweeping the division, you split with two teams. That already takes two wins off of your record, so... Mm. If I had to be honest with you guys, I think we'll be worse. How much worse? I don't I don't think we're going to be drastically declining, but I would say maybe 10 wins instead of 12 seems okay. about right. Okay. That might be enough to win the division. I mean, yeah. 10 wins, it's, it's always a, a tight division up there towards the top. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, Go ahead, Zach. So, I ask this question to everybody that comes on this show. Obviously – Cowboys, great season last year. You know, great regular season last year. Um, you know, playoffs. They didn't quite do what you wanted in the playoffs, obviously, but they got there. Uh, my team didn't quite make the playoffs. Uh, I'm a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, so we ended up with the first overall pick. How many wins do you think the Jags get this year? I ask this question to every single guest. Um, okay, so obviously Trevor Lawrence, year two. Should be a better coaching staff with that head coach. I mean, last year, obviously, yeah. that was a train wreck. It'd and be then tough Travis to have Etienne's going to be back. It would be. Yeah, and Travis Etienne's back, so that should add something to the offensive attack. Um, I would guess probably six wins, something like that. Okay. Okay. Is that I, I, don't hate, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Bad. I think I said five or six. Yeah, that seems right. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Trayvon Walker? Were you happy with that? Um, I've calmed down a little bit on it. I was furious the night of, I was on another podcast. I was watching it live and, uh, uh, I screamed and left the room cause I really wanted Aiden. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of those things where you're just trusting that the potential yeah. the scouting department likes is there. And he did a lot at UGA playing on the outside and three tech. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's moving a- around and they, they're saying he's a, a potential higher end Alden Smith, if that's true without the off the field issues then he's a great yeah i mean he's a he's an athletic freak so it could pan out and he could be absolutely like the next great thing on the defensive side of the ball but i just like i think aiden hutchinson is more polished as a pass rusher so if he has zach if he if he has um more than 11 sacks this year will you eat a piece of paper of him like a a more than 11 i well first off i don't think a lot for a rookie yeah, yeah I don't long. think he's getting anywhere close to that. So yeah, I'll take that bet. Okay, we had one last year and it didn't pan out. So, <laughs> well, I just won the bet. Trevor says one, like it didn't pan lot. out. And I won. I won the bet. No, we gotta every year. We gotta have Zach a bet where he's got to eat a piece of paper. So I'm glad you could be here for that. Yeah, sounds so, good. I, I would love to tune in and watch that if he does. Dak, 
He's solo Dak, and do you have Dak as a top 10 QB or no? Yeah, so I like Dak personally. I do think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's lower on that range, somewhere between 8 and 10. And if you, you know, it's it's subjective, right? It's your flavor of ice cream. What do you like in a quarterback? What do you like in a leader? What do you like in a player? I think in terms of intangibles, like leadership ability, he's very high on the list. Um, in terms of arm talent, he's pretty good. He's not a, he's not an elite arm talent. He's not going to be a guy like a Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers that will wow you, but he's mostly pretty accurate. He does a good job of limiting takeaways or turnovers, I should say. Um, and I think he adds enough to – he's a quarterback you can win a Super Bowl with. Is he a quarterback you'll win a Super Bowl because – I wouldn't say that, but I do think he's a, a very good quarterback. Somewhere in the eight to ten range feels feels right to me. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. fair. As a yes, your question. Okay, I actually have. I got like three questions. No, I got two questions. All right, my first question for you: Our Giants guest said yes. Our yes. Giants guest said uh, they hate the Eagles the most. The Eagles said they hate the Cowboys the most. And the commanders said, said they, they hate the Cowboys, Cowboys the most. Who the Cowboys hate the most? That's kind of went in, uh, in ebbs and flows. So historically, the answer would be the formerly Redskins commanders because of our history of even becoming a franchise, even becoming a franchise because of their owner. There was a lot of back and forth and stuff like that that had to take place for us to even get to have a franchise. So Washington commanders is historically the team. But the last two decades has really been the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They've kind of been the thorns in our side and the team that we've more often than not been competing with mm-hmm. for the div- division title. So it, it's definitely the Eagles. Okay. Okay. All right. My very last question for you is, can you say it's the year of the beer? Sure. Yeah. It's the year of the beer. That's what awesome. I love to hear. Thank you. Love to hear. Yeah, you want to promote or plug for hit out time? Yeah. If you don't mind. So, we were the Star Gang podcast. We actually rebranded to the Pick Six Sports Group, and we have our show tomorrow night. Actually, it's at eight PM Central Time. I also write for Cowboys Wire, which is a part of USA Today, doing data analytics and advanced stats. I don't cover just the Cowboys doing that. Most of my articles are going to be geared towards the entire NFC East or NFC Conference in general. So definitely check me out there, or you can follow me on Twitter at Professor O underscore NFL. All right, man. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on tonight, talking the Cowboys with us. I'm yeah, definitely team. appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, Enjoy your IPA. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've been thinking about this shit for like the last 10, 15 minutes. Okay, Trevor, will you explain? You I was paying attention, but it's been cool. in the back of my mind. Can you explain? please explain to our audience what the fuck a beer dog is? Because they heard you said they heard you say that, and they're like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" No, beer dog. It goes, uh, it goes really hard in Fort Myers, Florida. So if you're not from there, you probably never heard of it. Even if you're from there, you probably never heard of it. But um, so a beer dog is you dress up a hot dog the way you like it. Um, you get a, you get you a pint, a glass of beer, and um, you know, just before each bite, you just give it a few three little swirly three dunks in the beer. And then bite it. It's a <laughs> it's an exquisite disgusting. treat. Um, no, it's exquisite. Um, the only condom we had, or the only condiment we had um, at the the place we were at, the little Airbnb we were at, was ketchup. And I'm not a big ketchup guy, but um, ketchup in a beer dog is good. I'm not. I don't <laughs> like ketchup, but dipped in it was great. 
Um, we use Coronas and uh, just ketchup, but you can dress it up however you like, however you put your hot dogs, whatever you like. It's a great combination. It would be very good with this banana bread because it makes the bread a little sweeter. Yo, so, I'm going to make a TikTok. I'm going to make a TikTok on the Beerly Sports TikTok follow it, by the way, um, of me making a beer dog. I'm going to do like a whole like Chef Ramsay thing. <laughs> Do it, yeah. Dress it up just how you like it, and just give it like three It's good, man. Beerly I would use a light beer, though. I know you're a dark beer drink, but I mean, do what you want to do. Do what you got to do. But I would just suggest a light I like beer. A, I like a lot of different kinds of beer, to be fair. So, mm-hmm. but um, Carrie, do we have any Twitter questions we're gonna cover in our favorite rapid segment? Fire. Rapid fire Twitter questions. I don't know if I could speak that fast, but I'll try. All right. Who's the worst starting QB in the NFL heading into the next season? Sam Darnold. Shut up. Sam Darnold. I agree, Terry. Zach. <laughs> Dude, it might be Marcus Mariota. I, I, I really oh, my. Like no, it's definitely not Mariota. Mariota's going to shock the world. He's taking Atlanta to the playoffs. Darnold is never starting for Seattle. Could be James It might be Drew Locke. I don't. I, I like Drew Locke. He's bouncing Locke. back. He's bouncing back. He's in a new team. He's going to be great. Watch. Who finishes with more wins this season, Chargers or Broncos? Broncos. Chargers. Like, at least two. Uh, Sam Darnold. Or not Sam Darnold. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, time to talk about Justin Herbert. Uh, he's so good. He can't make the playoffs. Russell, champion. Russell Wilson. Give me the Broncos. He also Jared. lost the championship because he threw an interception. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. True or false, Jared Goff will be a starting QB in 2022. True. True. No, Jared Goff slander. True. Exactly. In 2022 or 2023? 20, 23. False. Wow. You can steal one player from the Dolphins. Who are you taking? Patriots? Right. You want a Jalen Waddle? Come on. That's not even the best receiver on the team. Tyreek Hill. He's a Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Who's the better QB duo? Great. Farvin. Uh, Rogers or Montana and Steve Young? Montana, Steve Young. Yeah, I'm going to go with Montana, Steve Young. Trevor's obviously going to take the new guys. I don't know, man. It's close, but I'm going Montana, Steve Young. Montana's the best QB there. Yeah. Young's probably the worst, so. It's no, one of it's Farv's the worst. No, Farv gets too much hate. No, just because he threw picks. No. Is that all Zach cares about is picks? Favre no. is the worst quarterback no, there. No, Brett Favre slander. No. It's not slander. It's just no. facts. Favre no. is the worst quarterback there. No. Ever? Not saying he's a bad quarterback. I just think he's the worst one there. I think he's not as good as Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, or Joe Montana. Fair. Trevor? Um, I will be pleading the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution and not answering this question. That Fair. doesn't apply because you can't incriminate yourself by answering this question. Yes, you can. True or false? Covers yeah, I can say something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> what? True or false? Jay Cutler is the best Bears quarterback. I will not be talking about Jay Cutler tonight. I will false. not be answering this question. I'm just going to say false. I don't even know who I'd pick. But... Rex Grossman? Sid Luckman. Mitch Trubisky's better than Jake mm-hmm. Cutler. Mitch Trubisky brought a Matt Nagy offense to the playoffs. What has Jake exactly. Cutler ever done? Exactly. Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Reggie Wayne, or Ocho Cinco. Do they all have the same quarterback? Sure, man. Probably Andre Johnson. Yeah. But I love Ocho Cinco. Andre Johnson. Like, 
He's a beast. Oh, he's like my favorite player ever. My favorite NFL player. Have Lamar Jackson or the current yep. TV favorite yep. team? Yep. I'm Lamar taking Lamar Jackson. Over Tom Brady? Yep. Zach? Oh, Beerly Cat, 2.0. Uh, Larry, definitely, bro. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence over Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah. Who'll be the best wide receiver in the NFL at the end of next season? Justin Jefferson. By by what standard? By your standard, Zach. This is don't think that much, man. Devonte Adams is still going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Trevor, uh, give me Devonte. Cooper Cup has a chance. Jamar Chase has a chance. And, I mean, not Cooper Cup. Uh, Justin Jefferson has a chance. Um, Jamar Chase has a chance. Cooper Cup won't, but I'm going to say Devontae as well. Who would have had the best career if they stayed healthy? David Johnson, Todd Gurley, or McCaffrey? CMC, bro. CMC. CMC. Oh, you didn't take Gurley? No. CMC could have been insane if he could not be on a stretcher. Fair. Which wide receiver trio are you taking? Julio Jones, Roddy White, Calvin Ridley, or Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. Well, Will Fuller's uh, the worst receiver there, but yeah. Andre, Andre Ridley. Hey, yeah. all in their prime? Uh, I'm yeah. guessing, yeah. So I'm taking Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Will Fuller. Julio's nasty. That's, uh, that's a good question. Prime Julio's the best receiver there. No, I'm taking the bottom. Yeah. You, you should have put the first picture of Hop, though. Hop's better than Andre. Rank these QBs. John Elway, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning. Oh. Wait, what are they? Peyton Manning, who cares? Manning, Elway, Montana, Marino. I'm going to go Montana 1. Agreed. Um. Peyton Manning 2. Agreed. Yeah, Marino yeah. three, John Elway four. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, agree. we agreed. Guys, we agreed on something. Who's the best wide receiver here? Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. Tyler Lockett. Eh, Tyler, eh, eh, Tyler Lockett. What were the other ones? I'm thinking Brandon Cooks. Brandon uh, Brandon Cooks is a good Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore. He's not going to have the best numbers, though, because his quarterback sucks. True. Yeah, give me Cooks. Where do you rank Gronk among tight ends all time? Where do I rank who? Gronk. Tight ends all time. He's top five. He's top five, definitely. Um, He's probably top four. Yeah, he's three or four. I'm going to give him four. I'm going to say in no order. You can ask about the other ones. Nobody cares. Wait, five. I forgot about Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez is for Gronk. Who would you give Tebow as an NFL quarterback? C minus. Uh, C. Trevor, what was the question? Tim Tebow, NFL quarterback. How would you rate him? Grade him. Grade him. A plus. <laughs> uh, wide receiver tree are you taking? Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Debo Samuel, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Justin Jefferson. The bottom. Vikings. Well, yeah, the bottom. Well, bottom. 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 This is a good one. This is a banger. It's a good one. I'm still going All right, to last one before my voice is officially gone. <laughs> Who would you rather build around, Davis Mills or Zach Wilson? <laughs> I'm taking Davis Mills. Um, Davis Mills. 
I don't trust yeah. Zach. I can't. I wouldn't trust Zach Wilson as far as I could throw him. Granted, I could probably throw him pretty far because that dude weighs 147 pounds, soaking wet with quarters in his pockets. But you like that? Uh, I'm taking Davis Mills. Zach Wilson has a stupid first name, so I'm taking Davis Mills. True. <laughs> you know who else has a stupid first name? No, no, no. Trevor Booker. All right. Trevor Booker slander tonight? That's a first. You're never going to hear Trevor Booker slander on this podcast again. Yeah, hopefully but not. You might if you check us out over at the Beerly Hoops podcast, follow us on Twitter at Beerly Hoops Weekly Podcast, by the way. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to plug? Trevor just plugged Beerly Hoops, but what else? Uh, website, uh, Twitter, all the Twitters, YouTube, TikTok for sure, Beerly Sports. Um, Zach made a bet tonight. He might eat a, eat a piece of paper. So go back in the episode and find that out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, that's all I got. This beer was excellent. There was something I wanted to plug. Man, maybe it'll come to me. Gary? Uh, follow us on Twitter at Beerly Football for all these football questions before they come out on the episode. There's content in there all the time. Follow us on our main page at Beerly Sports for all Beerly content. Follow us on Twitter at Beerly Hockey for hockey content. Podcast. I know, man. Stanley Cup. Check out Beerly Hockey. I sound like a <laughs> razor. Listen to the actual Phil Razor. Oh, Phil Razor. has got a great radio voice. If you guys haven't checked out Beerly Hockey, you need to. Also, uh, if you guys also haven't Beerly Baseball too, baseball content. And yeah. check out our website, Beerly Sports. Post an article about baseball award rankings through June. Check it out. You can also check out the the website for a new article on the US <laughs> Open. Uh, I did a deep dive into the statistics, helping you pick uh, U.S. Open odds, everything like that. Uh, especially if you're betting, you definitely want to check out the spreadsheet I made. Um, and also with golf, we have a new podcast called The Cut Line at the 19th. It's me and my brother Zane Smith talking golf, drinking beer, having a grand old time. Uh, and I believe that's all we have for today. So if you guys would check out all that stuff. Shout out to Dort. Shout out to Dort for coming by on the show. Beerly Hoops representing strong this week on the number one podcast in the Beerly family, Beerly Football. And we will see you guys next episode. Allegedly. Allegedly.